This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today's guest on Valley Views is Mike McFalls, Superintendent of Custer County School. Mike, welcome back to the program. Gary, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I really enjoy being on your program and talking. You've been here many times before, and there's always something new. I know that today will be no exception. What's the latest? We're right at the beginning of March. Yes, sir. Well, uh, we just had three snow days in a row, uh, so we had a mini break. We've been in school quite a bit this year, so we're, we've been very excited about that. We just found out that the feds have dropped the mask mandate for our buses, so there is no masking required. It's all optional. We've been in school a great deal this year, so we're pretty pretty excited about that. So it's, it is not normal yet, but we're, we're really getting to that point. So for the two years of COVID, you were moving back and forth between in-person and remote classes. Uh, what's the status currently? We're currently in school right now and have been for most of the year. We've we've gone remote just a little bit. One time uh, that we went remote, it was actually because we had more staff out than than anything, and so we couldn't cover all of the uh, the positions. But yeah, we've been back in school. We're trying to catch up. The kids are behind, but that's a, that's pretty much a universal thing across the state and across the entire country. And so we're continuing to try to bring the kids up. We're having tutoring. We're going to be having summer school this summer again. That's open for all students. We'll be providing transportation and and, uh, some food. We're just trying to get the kids caught up. What's the number of students these days at the school? Our enrollment is is a little bit down. Uh, when I first got here back in 2019, we were pushing about 375, and we were expecting to grow moderately each year. When COVID hit the following year, we dropped pretty good to about 350, 353. We ran the Go Public campaign trying to get uh, folks back into school, and we rose a little bit up to 360, but our enrollment is, is still down, and uh, we're continuing to work to, to get folks back into school. And when we spoke last August, we were talking about the Go Public campaign. So thanks for that update. Now, enrollment numbers figure directly into state funding. Remind us of how that works. Yes. Uh, Colorado school funding is, is pretty complicated, but basically the the places that we get our funding from is, is from the state, and it's a per-pupil allotment for each student. Uh, some students are weighted more than others. And then local property taxes and what they call user fees, which are our license plate fees. Uh, so these are the areas that we receive funding from. So when our enrollment goes down, we take a hit financially. And somewhat frustrating is that when we do well with our property taxes, when our property taxes go up, the state will usually take some of that back. So uh, it does make it difficult to get ahead sometimes. Let's talk a bit about uh, staffing and teachers. I think last year you lost some teachers. Uh, How has it been this year? Last year was pretty difficult. About a quarter of our staff, teachers and and paraprofessionals, turned over. This year it looks like we're going to have very minimal turnover, probably no teachers at all, which we're super excited. It's been one of our main emphases is is trying to recruit and retain teachers. Uh, We have the Bobcat Quad, which is four apartments. 
Uh, we've done quite a bit with benefits. We offer really good benefits for staff. We've done a few measures to increase pay. In February, we got our audit back, and it showed that we were doing well. So we were able to share some of that with the staff, and, and staff all got bonuses. We also used the federal funds to establish a daycare center, child care center, and uh, it is now full, fully operational and certified for toddlers. We're currently housed at the Church of Christ, and we're hoping to be able to add infants uh, next year. Portables arrived, paid for with federal funds. We're just waiting to get them finished up, and we've hired staff using federal funds. So we'll be able to provide this as a recruitment and retention device for staff, but we'll also have vacancies available for community members, and we'll be using this as a job site training for our our high school kids. We've structured the fees so that it's recruits and retains staff, but for community members, it does not compete with our two local daycare centers so that we're not pulling kids away from them. I know the conversation previously was in the community. There was not enough daycare to go around. How many kids can you take care of at the, at the child care? Right now, we can take care of a total of 10 toddlers. We do have funds for additional personnel. And once we do open up back over on campus in the portable, we'll be able to take care of up to 10 infants. Okay. So it sounds like teachers are in pretty good shape. From your perspective of staffing, what about other staff members, staff members at the school, bus drivers? Where do you stand on those? I think our most critical area right now is bus drivers because they they need a, you know, a CDL license for passengers. We've had one bus driver retire. We've had another one go out sick. And so out of five drivers, we're down to three. And we're willing to help them obtain their CDL, help them get trained so that we can plug them in. And if anyone out there is interested, we'll, we'll, you know, we will certainly talk with you and pay for what we can. We do need route drivers, but we also need activity drivers. For instance, our, our boys varsity team is going up to Fort Collins for the playoffs, and, and that's going to be a multi-night trip. So having some activity drivers that are willing to do that, we've increased pay for drivers. They get full benefits. We also do a signing bonus. Uh, so we really need that. Uh, another critical issue was subs, and that's actually been proving we increased the pay to $135 a day for teachers for subbing. So we've had a lot of new subs join us this year, so we've been really blessed and, and happy about that. So that that is getting better, but if anyone out there re- retired or, or whatnot is interested in earning a little bit of extra money, we'd be glad to hook you up, and, and we also help financially with uh, getting your license. That sounds good. Let me remind folks, we're visiting with Mike McFalls, superintendent of Custer County School. Now, Mike, you mentioned sports. You've opened the door there. What's the latest on sports, and how have they played out this year? Last year, we were hit pretty hard with COVID. This year, we've had to reschedule a few games, but for the most part, we have been competing in in sports. I'm very pleased to to let our audience and, and patrons know that our middle school girls A and B 
teams are league champions. Our varsity girls and varsity boys have uh, gone to uh, state playoffs. Our wrestling is underway at the at the present time. We're looking forward to uh, the the baseball season that's coming up. I believe uh, our athletic director said we have 23 games scheduled. Uh, so, as always, we invite the community to to come join us. Uh, you can look online at our calendar for the dates and times of our games and come support your Bobcats. What sports are the most popular with the community? We have been really excited to see the number of people coming to our basketball games. The The stands uh, are full of uh, not, not just parents, but community members. So that's been really encouraging to see folks coming back. Our football games were, were well attended. So it's, uh, it really is encouraging to see, the sta- uh, see our community coming and supporting our kiddos. I drove by a couple weeks ago, and I've never seen so many cars in the parking lot. It was in the evening. Uh-huh, yeah. I assumed either you were giving away free money or <laughs> there was some kind of a sporting event. And I imagine it was a basketball game. It was a basketball game, yes, sir. So let's talk a bit about the school board. Uh, there have been some changes in the mix. So what's the latest with that group? Yes, sir. So uh, we recently had an election and we had three new members join our school board. And I got to say that it's a a pleasure and honor to work with the school board. I've I've been blessed that all three boards that I've worked with have worked together really well. We agree to disagree agreeably. Everyone speaks their minds, but the board is putting kids first. They want to make decisions in the best interest of kids and in staff, and they're working really, really well together. And so that's very encouraging. I hold in my hand the agenda for an upcoming school board meeting. Wednesday, March 16th. Those are open to the public, I believe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Normally, they're the second Tuesday, but uh, because of scheduling, this one got moved to that Wednesday. We have a workshop at 2.30. No action is taken at the workshop, just some discussion. It's open to the public. And then at 4.30 in the library is the regular meeting. We'll also be recognizing our, our girls' championship teams at that meeting. But yes, they're open to, to the public. Now, looking at the agenda, there's 19 items, and if you look at the sub-items, there's at least 35 items on here. How long does the meeting take? It looks quite grueling, to tell you the truth. Actually, the, the meetings go quite well. A lot, of, a lot of the things that we have on there are what's in the best interest of the kids, and the board discusses them and has good discussions. So board meetings are usually done within about two to three hours at the most. If a parent or a community member wanted to get more involved with the school, are there openings for that sort of thing? Yes, sir. We would love to have our community come back and and volunteer and and work in our school. We have Excellence in Ed is the organization outside of our our school that helps volunteers get plugged into our school. Carol Franta is our volunteer coordinator. If anyone's interested, they just need to contact the school, and we do a background check, and we get them plugged in. Before COVID, we had a lot of, of folks coming to school and volunteering. And, and since then, it's, it's dwindled, rightly so, because of concerns. But we would like everyone to know that we're accepting volunteers back in and would love to see y'all getting involved with our kids in any way possible. We have a, a lot of opportunities for you to, to work in our school. So as we record this, this is the first week in March. What's going on at the school this very week? 
We have tomorrow night, Tuesday at 5.30, our first family fun night. This is a for kinder through fifth grade. We're going to provide uh, pizza for kids and for the adults. We also have child care. And this is our first trying to restart something we've been doing where we provide support to our parents and, and we engage in a conversation with our parents about their child's education. And so this is going to be tomorrow night, 5.30. We provide food, daycare. There'll be some fun. We got some giveaways. Everybody will leave with some books. Uh, and we hope that this is the beginning of us reinstituting these. We had we had one right before COVID, and so we're hoping to get these off the ground and eventually spread this to the middle school and high school, too. And just to make sure on the date, that's uh, March 1st? Yes, Tuesday, March 1st, 530. Okay, great. Now, you've recently announced that you're stepping down from uh, the role of superintendent at Custer County School. What's the timing for that? Well, with heavy heart, um, I, I announced that uh, I would be stepping down effective July 31st. I think it's a good time. Things have settled down quite a bit. We've gotten into a routine. We're back into school. Bond has been done. But, Gary, it's, it's, it's just time for me to get back to my family. Over Christmas, my son got married, and my daughter lives near, or both of my daughters live near him, and it's just missing some times that we we don't want to miss anymore. Uh, so Elizabeth and I felt like it was a good time. The district's in a good spot, got a lot of good people working in, in good positions that will carry forward, and uh, it's just, just can't miss that time with my kids. When you first arrived, we talked about you coming from New Brunfels, as I recall. Where would be the ideal target going back? So my son, whom I'm very proud of, is a fireman paramedic in Seguin, Texas, which is very close to New Braunfels, right outside of San Antonio. Uh, His wife is an emergency room nurse. And we're hoping to move back to that that area of, of Texas. I know Seguin very well. I have a picture of myself and my broken-down car one one night. <laughs> well, if you break down again, give me a call. I'll be glad to come help. That's great. Thanks. Mike, any final thoughts? I just want to thank uh, the community and the board uh, for giving me the opportunity to, to come to Westcliff. This was my first superintendency. I learned a lot, and I'm just very grateful. It, it's a beautiful place, and... I think that I would like to encourage everyone to welcome whoever the new, next superintendent is, to, to welcome them, give them support, and that will go a long way in helping them be successful. But uh, we're going to miss Westcliff and, and the relationships that we built here and the kids. Uh, they're wonderful. Uh, they're, it's, it's a wonderful group of kids, and we will certainly miss them tremendously. And I always appreciate that you've come over to the radio station at the drop of a hat when it was time to talk about the school. Well, you know me. I like to talk. (laughs) Mike, thanks for coming by. Gary, thank you for the, uh, the invitation. I appreciate it as always. We've been visiting with Mike McFalls, superintendent of Custer County School. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm
walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a 